Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Russ Meyer, the rural Fellini, serves up a colossal motion picture geared for the young and old alike. The sophisticated and the blue collar. The cinematic smorgasbord, the mind-boggling beauty. Six of the most bountiful women in the world, served up from the lusty table of Russ Meyer. Feast on it. Rated X. You are listening to Movie Sucktastic. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Movie Sucktastic after a lengthy hiatus. Lengthy is correct, yes. Oh, sorry about that. It's Things okay. were moving. Oh, uh, moving. Yeah, I got nothing but... Oh, my God, I got nothing but problems here. Let's... Well, let, let's in the past month, let's... let's important things that we missed in the month that we were gone. Um, everyone loves the Joker film. Everybody. And, People that shit on DC love it. No problems there. And apparently Martin Scorsese's criticized Marvel films and everybody lost their fucking minds. Yeah. yeah. It's, Holy it's, shit. Are we, it's like a week later and we're still having debates on this? Yeah. It's a little wacky. It's, and he's even come out, not with a, a retraction, but basically just kind of saying, like, listen... You know, we make different kinds of films. Yes, it's it's cinema. Yeah, but... that, I mean, it all comes down to what you what your definition of cinema is. Correct. And according to him, I can't even say that he's wrong. He says it's he says what did he call it? A theme park. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is uh, Paul Rudd was on Howard Stern. And Howard Stern keeps talking about it because uh, he doesn't agree with Scorsese, with Martin Scorsese. And he had Paul Rudd on, and Paul Rudd was talking because he asked him. He said, "Listen, what what do you think of this?" He says, "You know, Scorsese says that it's not cinema, and I think it is." And Paul Rudd said, "Well, he goes, well, it is. I mean, it's playing in a cinema. I think Robert Downey Jr. said the same thing." But then he started to go in about because you know he's Ant Man and that's in the Marvel universe. And Howard Stern had asked him how that's going, and he said, "Oh yeah, I went to Japan and I was doing this uh, promotion for Ant Man." He goes, "Well, what was it for?" He goes, "It was for an Ant Man ride." <laughs> and then he goes, and it, "That doesn't help the Martin Scorsese argument." <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's just like, listen, dude. Your movies are fun, 
But you're not really learning anything when you see a film in the Marvel or DC Cinematic Universe. It, it's just, it's no. fun, popcorn. It's a popcorn but, film. It's fun. And see, yeah. It's, and, and this is where we can spend an hour. Like, I, I immediately, I want to debate you on the, or debate Scorsese on the whole idea of, well, wait, do you actually have to learn something from art or can you just experience it? Like, the, you know, it's just. And hey, yeah. some people may be learning morality well, lessons for the first I, time through these Marvel films. True. And, and from what I've read from the Scorsese interviews and and whatnot, basically he's saying, listen, uh, like Scorsese's not really affected by it at all. They give him uh, a shit ton of money to make movies. And he yeah. makes movies really well, even uh-huh. now. Uh, he just, he's a, a, an amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But... What he was basically getting at is the smaller filmmaker, they might make a film that normally might have been seen by more people, but because the next big you know, blockbuster Marvel film is out, that, that film has less of a chance to even be produced and be made because they might say, listen, we're not going in that direction. We have money allocated to make this film. We don't have time for smaller movies. We want bigger films and maybe not necessarily big films like marvel but maybe more dramatic films that they might expect to be pushed during the oscars uh uh, months like october november december and and here's where his argument fails to uh recognize the fact that it is now the future as opposed to when he started making films the future whereas i mean the the cinema the the mage is not where most people see stuff anymore. No, that's a minority. Well, people, and, more people see it on streaming, video, and he should uh, know rental, this. what have you. He should yeah. know this more than anyone right this second because his film The Irishman is streaming on Netflix. He's uh, not involved in those decisions, you know. And, well, they gave him like I think they gave him a hundred million dollars or hundred fifty million dollars to make the thing. So uh-huh. it's it's go it's playing in theaters. Until November 27th, which Thanksgiving, which is a smart move by Netflix, by the way. If you're going to stream it, you do it during the, the holiday weekend where most people are going to be home. Mm-hmm. So it's playing theatrically until November 27th, and then we'll stream on Netflix from that point on. I, it'll still be in theaters, but you'll be able to just watch it at home at that point. Well, you know, it, it, I'm sure in Scorsese's mind... Because of the era he came from, if you don't see it in a movie theater, it doesn't really count. And he may, maybe not according even a him, conscious. According to him, unconscious. I, according to him, I think you're right with that. I, I really do. Yeah, and also, this man's been rich enough to never have to go to a public theater to see a movie ever. No, he screens probably his shit in his house. Yeah, uh, screening rooms, he private owns showings. A studio that, that'll <clears throat> do it too. Exactly. He doesn't have to go with these fucking mongrels to watch a movie. <laughs> he doesn't have to put up with the fucking audiences. Or, yeah. or you know, go to a dine-in and have waiters walking for you five times. Is that cinema? <laughs> it's dine-in cinema. Yeah, see, so it all comes down to what you... It's it's. We just did that recently. We just went to a, an AMC dine-in, and it's fine. They, 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 they come out. I mean, like, somebody could press a button ten times and have a waiter or a waitress come out ten times. And that's... I don't <laughs> care what anyone fucking says. That's fucking distracting. I don't care how much room there is between me and the next set of seats. Yeah. A, a waiter or a waitress comes in and sil- and they silhouette my fucking movie. It's pretty fucking distracting. Yeah. Um, the, the AMC theater that is here by our house is not a dine-in. It's only a matter of time before it becomes a dine-in. But... It's not, and that's the theater we actually go to by choice, because we reserve our seats, we go when we sit down, we watch the movie, we fucking leave. And it's the, my yeah. preferred way to do it. You know what? It, 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 if I, I go less to the theater than I used to just because I can't handle people anymore. I oh, can't yeah. deal with it. I, I don't want to deal with it. No. I, I just as soon stay home. You know, I thought the drive-in was the answer to that. That was just the opposite. People were even worse at the drive-in. <clears throat> well, but, the uh, thing in the, I mean, you also moved. Are there any are there any drive-ins in Texas still? I would there see are. that that would be a state that would have quite a few. Yeah, th- there are. Uh, somebody at work is, uh, goes to them occasionally, so yep. there are there are some in the area. Is it uh, is it a long distance or close by? What do you got? <laughs> 
I don't know if anyone's using your bandwidth heavily tonight, but you do keep you keep freezing. Can you is the audio okay? The audio is fine, but what happens is your video just freezes completely, and then we don't hear anything from you. There's probably a little Hulu going on right now in another room. But I'm I'm getting in the attic this fall and I'm hardwiring the house, so you'll see an, an improvement on that. That sounds awesome. That's if, great. Because if you don't, I don't care if I am coming to you on vacation. I'm wiring your house for you. Um, it'll probably already be done by then. Um, <laughs> if it's not, we're we're doing at least you, totally, that room dude, there. I totally forgot. Mm. We're supposed to review a movie. We are. I. <laughs> and I have a movie challenge for you as well. Thank God. I, I didn't so forget. I, uh, are we staying in 1975, or are we moving into my birth year of 1976? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yes, it's Find been a month, uh, a month solid it's... since we recorded anything, and uh, the last challenge was for me to Joey, and this was kind of like a uh, my my um, payback to him for making me watch Flesh Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I never actually sat through a. At this point in my life, I've never s- sat through a. Russ, Russ Meyer, Meyer film, like, all the way through. Uh, so this is, like, my first. I've seen bits of them. I've, you know, been in the company of people if they're watching one, but I've never actually watched one. So Super Vixen's uh, Burst of My Cherry. Burst? Ooh. Yeah, that's... Ah. Broke. Broke. I, I, broke. Took? I, I don't know. I bet it took it. Oh, Russ Meyer deflowered me last night. <laughs> night before. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mondo Topless is the only Russ Meyer thing I've ever seen, and that's actually a documentary. Right. And that's one of the uh, films he made later, I think. Um, um 60, is that earlier or later? It's 66, which is about, it's nine years earlier than this film. Uh, this film was 75. I'm, there's another thing he did afterwards, I forgot. Um, after Mondo Topless? Like, like at, at the end of his career, there was something else similar to that I thought he had. Oh, uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I have his IMDb in front of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably most famous for movies. Uh, I mean, Mondo Topless is pretty famous film that he did. Um, but, uh, his biggest, but, his like his, his, his biggest faster known... Pussycat, Kill Kill, faster Pussycat, Kill Kill, and uh, Valley of the Ultra, uh, Valley uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, right? Right, that is true. Came out uh, which... that came out in 1970. Right, which uh, uh, Roger Ebert wrote oh that's right if i click on that yeah yeah roger ebert screenplay it, it was originally supposed to be a, a an actual sequel to valley of the dolls but uh after the eighth or ninth uh i i, I might be rounding high anywhere from six to ninth uh script i think it was six scripts uh, that the author wrote uh-huh. and and they rejected all of them and so she eventually just said fuck it i'm not doing it <laughs> So they did their own thing. So they didn't use any of her characters, just the title, which they kind of already bought. Right. And uh, I think she sued after that. I don't doubt. I mean, it, it, why not, right? I think I remember that. But, yeah, it was just like a whole fucked up production to begin with. So, all right. So you challenged me to this. And, and, and all I'm going to mention is Joey, that. Joey. Well, yeah. Feast on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the trailer that I played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rated X. <laughs> Rated X. I love that. And then it says, you know, no children seventeen or under can or se- under seventeen can see this movie, which is hilarious because they, you know, twenty years later they came out with uh, less than twenty years later they came out that uh, NC seventeen rating, mm-hmm. which confused the hell out of. Everyone, and myself included, because you'd think NC-17 would mean that if you're 17, you can see it. And what it really means is no one's 17 and younger. NC stands for no children 17 or younger can see this film. So that means you have to be 18. Right. The big deal about it is that the MPAA never copyrighted the X rating. Mm Mm-hmm. So the pornography industry pretty much took it and ran with it, and they started calling them their stuff X and then triple X, double X. Yeah. And so if you released a film that was rated X, you're basically releasing porn now, regardless of what the X is for. Right. 
So the NC-17 was supposed to fix that. Hmm. But then all it did is the paper, the newspapers that won't allow advertising for R, uh, for X, just said, okay, we're not going to advertise for NC-17 either. So they didn't really do much on that front. No. It, it, was, it was really very ceremonial more than anything else. It was just they they just finally got because re- you had like a, these horror films coming out. Henry the Portrait of the Serial Killer, I think, was one of the big reasons. And they told him it's just violence, and it's like there's not you know there's no sex in this at all. Yeah, that film Henry in June was actually the first NC seventeen film. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just for you know sexual content, right? Uh, but then you had a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, you had that uh. film Horror, which came out. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, a few years later, you had um, Showgirls. That was also NC-17. But, I mean, it's a problem they solved in the 90s that should have been solved in the 70s. They just let it go forever until it was just like, ah, we got to do something. What constitutes a double X? Nothing. It's not not an effect. Because I, you know, when I used to go to the video store with my parents... They always used to have those saloon doors, you know, for uh-huh. the adult section. Yeah. And I remember that it was such a terrible, uh, if anyone had kids anyway, it was so stupid because the checkout counter was right next to the porn, like right. the saloon doors. And because I'm a child, I can see underneath the doors. <laughs> so I could see tons of porn in that room. And I remember seeing one film, I forget the title, but it just said it had two X's on it. And I was just like, as an adult now, I'm like, well, what co- actually would constitute as an X? Would it be penetration? But no, no. But there was no, again, there was no criteria. It wasn't even meant for that. It was just like an adult audience. It wasn't necessarily a sexual thing. But then the, the pornographic uh, distributors picked up on it because it wasn't copyrighted. No one could stop them from using it. Right. And so they start using X's. So one company says, you know what? We're not just X. We're double X. Ha! <laughs> Twice as much. And then for some reason, it stopped at triple. Uh, yeah. You know? so, but uh, th- that's all it is. There was, that's why they eventually had to make a rating to replace it because they didn't even own it. And there was no regulation on it. Oh, okay. And and every now and then you get an art house film or like or or in the, in the case of, say, uh, um everybody's talking midnight cowboy oh midnight cowboy yeah you know winning an oscar and still having this x rating that kind of means pornographic the first the first and only film ever to receive an x rating to win an oscar and that's why best picture too that's why you wonder why it you know and the fact it was about because it was about a male prostitute it's like I, i guess there wasn't that much pushback on it yeah but really at that point why don't you think to yourself maybe we should actually make an official rating but they didn't realize. I guess they didn't realize we can get that out of hand. Who knows? I just realized now that I don't own Midnight Cowboy. I should probably throw that on there. That yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's it's good film all around. I mean Dustin yeah. Hoffman. You know, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Made famous by him in that film. Mm-hmm. Now, so. now what I what I what I haven't seen in a while that I need to catch up on is the Electric Cowboy. <laughs> what the fuck is that? You never I don't heard think of I, I don't think I know that. It's I think it's Robert Redford. Uh, he's he's a cowboy that's hired to, to ride uh, this horse through Vegas that has yeah. lights on it, and yeah. he steals the horse because yep. they're mistreating it. Okay, I do know that one. Yeah, I remember I saw bits of it as a kid, and you know, Electric Cowboy. I'm expecting something much more exciting. <laughs> no, <You know>. the, <laughs> no, definitely not. No, definitely not. Uh, all right, so so um, Scott challenged this to me, <laughs> and I, I think a quick refresher on our challenges. Our format has changed. So now we, we've started our challenges in 1973, the year of Scott's birth, and we go back and forth, and if we decide that we're done with that year, one of us, whoever the challenge has, has come to, can decide to move us to the next year. Right. So, for instance, Scott challenged me to this film, and if I feel like we're done with 1975, I can move us to 1976 with a new movie challenge. So mm-hmm. I have a challenge for Scott. We'll see if we're still in 75 or we're moving to 1976. Right, but so, right now we're moving into we're moving into some super vixens. Yeah, so Scott had visited New Jersey. He he lives in Texas now, and Ye- yeehaw, motherfucker. He he visits New Jersey and he comes visits uh, uh, my wife and family, and it was great. And we decide because you know we're just hanging out, we're just hanging out. We decide that we're gonna watch Super Vixens at my house because we're like 
listen, we can do this now. We can get it out of the way. And we can, we can when we start doing the show up again, when, when you get back, we're good to go. We couldn't, we couldn't make it through this film. We tried. <laughs> we really, really, really now, tried. Now, in, in defense of the film, it was kind of late. It was so late. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and it wasn't really c- capturing our attention. Um, I just remember about 20 minutes in thinking, this has got to be about an hour in. Yeah, are we done? What, what's going it's on like, here? This this gotta, we got to be, you know, we have to be heading into the, you know, the final lap on this. Hit the info button. Twenty-two minutes. Yeah, we're not what even half. F- what? I, I was so surprised that the movie was only on for twenty-two minutes or twenty-five, whatever it was. It was less than a half hour, and I was like, I started to fall asleep. At one point, Scott leans over to his lovely wife Holly. She's like, "I think we're losing Joey." oh yeah we were yeah so we had to stop the film and we ended up watching it on our own separately Mm -hmm. him in texas myself in new jersey and it wasn't any it wasn't any better no i but i watched it solo that time i I didn't try to drag the wife into it same here and um (laughs) oh boy this movie's so bad there are kind of painful moments to it uh plenty plenty of painful moments this this is like the kind of soft. It's all. It's this one isn't really softcore porn, but it's in that kind of skin flick nudie film uh, genre of the '60s and '70s, where you actually had to see skin flicks in a theater, and right. uh, so these things would play over and over again, uh, and they go to the grindhouses. Um, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure video wasn't a thing at, at this point yet. Eight, '80s is when video broke in, right? Uh yeah, seventy nine eighty v beta and VHS were fighting yeah. at that point. First VCR I think came out in seventy nine. Uh, first laserdisc player was like in seventy six or seventy seven. So yeah, this VCR was not anywhere near being out yet, being developed right. probably. But yeah, so, uh, so these films were made just to show out in grind houses across the country, and yeah. uh, uh, you know. It was the only way you could see anything like this. I mean, people were seeing, you know, behind the green door in theaters. They were seeing deep throat in theaters. And it was uh, it was a big deal. Like, celebrities were going uh, to these showings and getting mm-hmm. their pictures taken, publicity, all that stuff. It, it was taboo, but it wasn't so taboo that they couldn't go see this stuff. And, uh, and since it was, yeah, and since it was like uh, private venues, so to speak, a public movie theater, I mean, you know, uh, since you had limited audiences, you could, uh, you had sexploitation, uh, you had more exploitational horror films, and people had to go to the theaters to see them. And these, well, uh, and, I mean, it's a different era, and it's kind of interesting, you know, this kind of stuff, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's like, well, it's like looking at uh, uh, nudie pinups from the 20s. Yeah, one thing I've never done. One thing I've never done is I've never actually gone to a movie theater to watch porn. Um, it's it's something that I've never ever experienced. Because we didn't have to. Well, well, I mean, growing up, we you know, when I was eighteen, um, I mean, I could just go rent it myself. I actually. That's what I'm saying. I actually went to, <laughs> I actually had memberships to different video stores than my parents, just so I wouldn't run into them while uh-huh. trying to rent porn. Hey, Joey. <laughs> oh, Mom, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what would have been worse is if, if she's walking out of the doors as I'm trying to go in. That would have been more awkward. Um, and and it's it's also interesting watching Super Vixens. Yes. You could so be showing this on like uh, a cable channel now with no issues. Oh, this? <laughs> you could yeah. almost get away with showing this in the middle of the day. Almost. Uh, There's a couple yeah. of you know, like giant dildo scenes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So what, rewind that. Well, when we were <laughs> when we were watching it, the very first one is he. It's uh, it's a shot from from him from behind. Right. And he's putting on his pants, and you just see him grab what looks to be a. It's like it's like, like the it's like the shower scene in uh, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like hanging past the knees. Yeah, but it's from the from the back, and what it, what looks like he grabs a loaf of bread, uh, <laughs> a hard salami. <laughs> uh, just name your cured meat 
or bread. Uh, and we all just look at each other, and I was like, like that was his giant dick. And Scott's like, wait, what? I go, I believe that was his dick. And Scott says, rewind that, please. I yeah. rewind it, and there he is. It's, it's <laughs> I don't know how you could... I don't know how you could call it subtle, but it's so fast. <laughs> well, it's 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 like it's it's not subliminal, but it's just yeah, like, yeah it's just enough of a flash. It, where it, you, it's you... not like that scene in Fight Club. <laughs> uh, but you you see from behind, grab it's his. Close. It's close. Grabs his yeah. dick, and it just quickly pans to the next shot. And then later on in the film, they do it again. Yeah, with with a, um... with a different character altogether. What's his face? Charles Napier. As Harry Sledge. Yeah, and what she does is now, he's having a hard time getting it up to, to have sex with her. Well, you, got, you you jump. You're I not, know. You're not I, I was just plot, jumping right? to the to the other giant cock scene. Yeah, but you don't need to get the detail. Just, you, you know, you, they throw the bed back. Giant cock. Giant cock. Um, well, she grabs it, and she tells him that basically he doesn't know how to use it or some shit like that. <laughs> uh, now Charles Napier, I, like I'm watching him, like I recognize him, I know, but what do I recognize him from? What's the one film that I really recognize him from? It took forever. Well, I've known him. For, I know him from a few films. Um, it's the one film that pops in your head, and I was like, I, I, it's at the tip of back, back at tip of the skull. Is there? I know there's like one film specifically that, like, like the first film I probably saw him in. I got, and, a, uh, I got a couple for me. It's probably Silence of the Lambs. Oh no. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. He's the, see, he's the country singer. See, I don't remember him in that. I haven't seen Blues Brothers in a really long time, but I Oh, don't... I remember. Yeah, it's he's he's burned in my skull from that movie, from that <laughs> scene, those scenes. Yeah. He's just got the kind of like this weird crooked smile which Russ Meyer probably liked. The well, the square jaw. The square jaw. Yeah. He was always being typecast as cops <laughs> in movies. Uh, I think he's played a cop like five times in his career, six times. One being Silence of the Lambs, the other being the Cable Guy. Don't for, and don't forget Super Vixens. <laughs> and Super Vixens, he's a cop in that too. I mean, he's being typecast as early as the seventies. From Silence of the Lambs, he was in, he was one of the he's got, he was the he was the cop that got his face cut off. Uh, oh, is he by uh, um, Lecter? Hannibal Lecter? Who, who that's how he escapes. By cutting okay. Charles Napier's face off, I didn't realize it was him. <laughs> it was Nap okay. Yeah, he got his face cut off. Oh, sorry now, for the spoiler. Speaking of firsts, one of the actresses in this film too is responsible for one of my my, my first um uh Porn. like my like one of the first films where I recognize sexuality to a certain extent. Oh, who is it? It is um uh, what's her name? Oh, it's got to uh, be the the famous one. Um, the hell's her name? Hold on, I, it's um, it's the the farmer's, the farmer's wife. I forget what super she, which super she was. Um, uh, super soul, super soul. That's it. That's who it was. She was also the telephone operator. <laughs> her her title in the film is super soul telephone operator. Right, uh, Ushi Degard, and and she was the naked girl. In the shower, in Catholic high school girls in trouble. Oh, where she's getting her boobs all soaked up. That's and, her. And then she's against the doors, and her boobs are flopping up against the that's, glass. That's, that's her. her. Wow. That is her. That is uh, the <laughs> the Kentucky the, Fried the, movie. The Kentucky Fried movie. That is the that is the pair rest from Kentucky Fried movie. Yes. Wow. A permanent part of my childhood, right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, so that was a pleasant surprise uh, watching this. I bet it was pleasant. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the only thing that keeps the film interesting is the fact that uh, it's just it's Russ Meyer's world is a bit surreal in in these boob films. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, now, like for instance, the uh, the guy that owns the 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 gas station is Herman Goring. Um, Martin Borman. No, no, no. B Martin Borman. Sorry, not Herman Martin Borman. Martin Borman. Oh, that's who's, right. Who, who's a Nazi? <laughs> a historically famous Nazi who was whose whose body was never discovered 
Uh, although I think they found the remains like a few years ago. But at this, uh, I don't know. But like, so escaped Nazi war criminal running the gas station. Why? No reason. He's available. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. I thought it was funny. Where the? F- yeah, it, it's like I, that. I don't it, know. The film periodically reminds you that it knows it's um, a, co- a like a cartoon almost. And I'll tell you, I I never watched this film as a kid, but I saw one scene of it as a kid, and it, the image was so burned into my skull that I recognized it the minute I saw it in this film. And it's when uh, the other the first super one we meet, uh, uh, Super Lorna, played by Christy Hartberg, Super Lorna takes the phone and puts it between her cleavage. Well, Christina while, Cummings was her, na- her real name. Right. Uh, she, she when she puts between her cleavage while Super Angel's yelling at her on the phone. Oh, that's right, because she's stealing his husband. J- just her that hu- image. She was stealing his husband, yeah. Because she just put, she puts it in her breast and she just stands there for a second. <laughs> and for, just it's just being held up. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking uh, of her, there there she is. She's on one of the covers. Right. Uh, oh my so God. for yeah, so for anybody not familiar with Russ Meyer, he's. He, uh, he was like an only child with, with mother issues uh, who really... We missed that last part. Your bandwidth is freezing hardcore. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's just that when I, I think... I, that you're, you're, you're saying important things or it, you're, you're moving the show along with certain uh, points and right. then it freezes up and I, I have to ask because... I'm working know, on it. I'm no sorry. one's hearing it. Yeah. Um, I say he, he grew up. Uh, he grew up without a father. He had some other issues. You don't um, say. He's <laughs> what? You don't say. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he liked dominant women to like uh, erotica and stuff, and he loved big breasts. And he just made a budget films, and he got very rich off them because he was the writer, producer, director, and he re- and since he wrote made a lot of most almost uh, most of his films independently, he owned the copyright to them all. Own all yeah. the rights to them. So then, once deep, once VHS came out, then DVD, then streaming, he just kept selling the rights again. In in like you know, he he never made uh a, you know a box office blockbuster, but he got very rich off it just well, because he you, controlled his own material. You know what? I'm looking at the wiki for this, and it said the movie cost a hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars, which in 1975 sounds like a lot of money, but it, I guess it's really not. But it says it made seventeen million dollars. Oh yeah, that, that. On, on a one hundred thousand dollar budget. Uh huh. Now you say you didn't have a blockbuster. To me, that's that's a fucking blockbuster. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, you know, I know like, what you're he, saying. I know he doesn't see saying. all that money. He's I mean, a portion let, of it. Let's put it this way: the same year Jaws came out, and it made two hundred and sixty million at the box office, and probably cost ten or fifteen million to make. Right. So. And these aren't getting these aren't being distributed wide. No, 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 you no. Know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if he does everything, owns everything, hundred thousand dollars and a seventeen million dollar return, yeah, that's 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 a pretty big fucking deal, right? Uh, I mean, that's that's why uh, which studio hired him on? I forget. Um, well, it was he did... distributed by RM Films International. Um, uh, let's see. I gotta look it up because I forget. I was I I, I know Twentieth Century Fox. Oh, yeah, right here, Twentieth Century Fox. That's right the, up the, the top. Because they, yeah, they're the ones that signed them on to do Valley of the Dolls, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So, uh, and then he had, he did, uh, I think he had a three picture, um, and then he went back to independent stuff. Hmm. Meyer said he planned to shoot the film. Uh, let's see. This is for what movie? It was for Black Snake. Seven minutes. Black Snake. Uh, Which I almost challenged you to. It was one of the other films. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that came out in 73. Right, when we were back there. When we were back there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it ends with, he said he planned on shooting the film. It doesn't say what film. uh, But he planned on shooting the film R-rated and and an X-rated version. He planned to shoot both. He would release the R-rated version, then later release a more explicit X-rated version. However, the film would not include hardcore sex. Quote, I don't criticize hardcore. I just don't dig it. Yeah. 
He didn't. He didn't do hardcore. He he did some softcore, but he, he never did the hardcore stuff. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, was, it seemed like he could have moved directly into hard the hardcore business and done very well uh, with himself. With his reputation, yeah, but he was an artist, you know, and you, you have limits. Well, there are limits. There definitely are. Um, his, yeah, his one wife died in, like, one of the, one of the most famous plane crashes of all time. Uh, and, which oh, which and one so, was that? I was the, the Lutheran two. The Lutheran? It's like 500 some odd died. It was the biggest airline disaster, uh, air, airplane disaster ever because oh, like God. two giant planes hit each other in midair. Oh, dear um, God. You know, if they did on the ground, it wouldn't have been going as fast. It wouldn't have been that big no, of a deal. of course not. Um, but it's it was like the like opening five... of uh, Modern Problems with Chevy Chase where he's a, yeah. <laughs> he's an airplane. Um, <laughs> I, I, that beginning of that film is so good, and I know I'm getting off topic, but it's interesting because... Chevy Chase, they, they go through great lengths in the beginning of that film to walk through that area where all these guys are having practically nervous breakdowns. And there's a guy selling food, sandwiches, right. and he's just walking around with sandwiches for these guys so they don't have to leave because they can't. And he gets to Chevy Chase, and he's trying to sell him a, a tuna fish sandwich, and he was like $5. He's like, $5 for tuna? Then Chevy Chase buys it doesn't eat it and just hands it to the next guy and it's like i get that you're moving the 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 scene along like something has to happen but the whole time i'm thinking now as a kid i didn't fucking care but as an adult i'm like that was a complete waste of fucking money and a waste of food you're really focusing on the scene (laughs) i i was well because i I got a new copy of it, and it was a better quality copy. Oh, yeah. That, so yeah. I, I watched the first five, ten minutes of it, because I also love the song that they play when he's driving around. Mm-hmm. And I watched that scene, and I'm like, you're right. I'm like, I'm focusing on all the wrong... I was like, he bought the sandwich, didn't want it, but bought it anyway, then just gave it to somebody. It's like, what the fuck did you buy it for? It was it was <laughs> off topic, but it needed to be said. It needed and, to. It had and, to happen. And I'm, I'm glad that we were here to be a part of it. Hey. I... I I try. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, yeah. a- anyway, so Charles Napier's character—he's a cop, and he runs into uh, what is uh, what's the what's the kid's name? Again, you're going too fast. The kid's name is Clinton Ramsey. He's our stud of the film. That's right. And he the works stud. at the he's right. He the giant cock. Right. He works at Martin Borman's uh, gas station, uh, where uh, his 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 um, his. Uh, Oversexed girlfriend, uh, Super Angel, keeps harassing him on the phone. Uh, you got a super, the other Super Vixen uh, hitting on him, so he runs back to the house, uh, slaps the wife around, has sex with her, then leaves her. Um, <laughs> like a and, real man. Right, but but he he leaves her. When he goes to leave her, they have a fight. So a neighbor calls the cop. In walks in uh, Hank, Napier. Uh, yep. Harry Sledge. Harry Sledge. And Harry Sledge... Uh, Falls for Super Angel and then later uh, beats and kills her. Yeah, stomps her to death in the tub. No, no, no. Stomps her half to death in the tub, then drops a, a radio in it to finish her off. That is right. Yeah. Let's that, that, credit, you're, 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 you're correct. You're correct. Right. So then uh, Clint Ramsey is blamed for it. And then he proceeds to dr- uh, on, on a journey where every woman he bumps into uh, is an oversexed over-endowed female that needs to delay him as soon as possible. And he rejects almost all of them. Angrily. Yeah. Yep. It's just, I... I the luck of some guys. Well, I mean, th- there is kind of a whole, um, uh, like, Horatio Alger thing going Like, this whole, like, this uh, kid goes on an adventure and, and meets all these weird people on the way. Uh, that test his morality, but he get, he stays in. That's really the whole thing here. And there's actually a strong duality in the film too, because uh, Super Angel, and it wasn't intentional. His uh, um, Russ man. Myers, <laughs> hello, <laughs> Russ. Who is it? <laughs> Russ Myers' wife um, was supposed to play uh, Super Super Vixen at the end. However, they broke up before then. And so he instead he gave the part to Super the same actress to play Super Angel, right? That's right. And then created the third Super Angel like a uh, ghost 
that kind of like uh, interferes indirectly in the later half of the. Yeah, it was it was interesting because when I'm watching it originally, and it and it happened. Well, it, we didn't get to the end, but I watched it a second time, and I'm like, the first time I'm watching it with you, and I remember all that stuff, and then the second time I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> How is she alive <laughs> again? Like that's the same person, right? It was just one of those things where I, I wasn't in the right mind when I watched it the first time. I was just too tired. And then the second time, it was just like, wait a minute. So, Am I seeing and, and this the, right? <laughs> and so the way he writes it is that uh, Super Vixen is actually supposed to be some sort of uh, reincarnation of Super Angel. Right. Uh, back with the same person. It was almost like a second chance kind of situation. Right, kind of a second chance, right. And she, she's an alternate personality. Now she's not overbearing and abusive. Now she's kind and nurturing. Uh, but meanwhile, her, her alter ego, Super Angel, is still uh, um, standing on top of uh, mountains and uh, things and yelling and uh, interfering. Uh, yeah. For, uh, that really, was weird. Uh, just to eat up some time, I guess. Uh but also, if you take a look at the, the your hero and your villain, uh, you got Clint Ramsey, uh, which you know, Clint Ram. I mean, right there, that's that's the name. Uh, he uh, there's no accident. Uh, like he and uh, Harry Sledge are both like studs, so to speak, in the traditional sense. But uh, Clint is he doesn't go around, you know, not over the top and not aggressive, uh, but you know, but he's still a baller. Uh, meanwhile, you've baller. got oh yeah, then you got Harry Sledge. Who's like the overbearing macho stud, but he's impotent. Well, he's not totally impotent. Like he's if he impotent. was murdering her while he was trying to have sex with her, he'd probably be hard as a rock. I don't know where that came from, but that's well, no, he, because he's he's a fucking serial killer. Uh, he's he's not a nice guy. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a flawed he, character, definitely. He's a flawed character. No, it, it seemed like to me watching his character. That it, if he was having some sort of weird demented sex, he'd be hard as a rock. But because it was normal, regular sex, Please, it was it wasn't doing it for him. Please stop saying hard as a rock. <laughs> it's hard as a rock. Baby. I can't concentrate if you get me aroused over here. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what so, was that? Uh, it's but, my hard as a rock penis. But so <laughs> like it's like they they both have that issue with Harry Sledge. Um, Clint runs, goes on the road. He runs into the, uh, he hitchhikes with a couple that try to make him have sex with the girlfriend. Yep. Uh, when, he, when he refuses, they beat him up and rob him. Then he, he gets, then he's saved by a farmer, uh, but he bangs his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, mail order bride. Yeah. Uh, and then runs off and then he ends up, uh, sleeping with the, uh, the, the mute, um, the hotel, the hotel owner's mute, uh, daughter. Right. And, uh, she takes him for a doom buggy ride and then well yeah she asks him she purposely uh pulls i don't know what wire but she pulls it so it doesn't run so he can come help her and right. then asks her asks him to drive her around which he does yeah yeah no problem and, doing it and then he bangs her in the desert and then the hotel guy comes after them yeah. so he so he runs off and then there's a weird scene where she has sex with a bodybuilder in the middle of the street and i don't i don't know what happened with that uh, it, who was who was that supposed to be? It wasn't supposed to be anyone. I think. That's, I think it was just supposed to be someone she was having sex with to piss her father off. Right, but it's just so bizarre. Like out of nowhere, this guy comes carrying like these cartoon dumbbells. Yeah. And then they have there's like and there's like five minutes of different angles of uh, soft core sex as he, while he's lifting weights. Uh, uh yeah, that, it was. It's, yeah, it's, it's an awkward film. It is. So th then uh, then Clint winds up at uh, the Super Vixens market or gas station, and that's where he uh, he meets the reincarnation of uh, Super Angel, which is Super Vixen. And uh, but so then he and Super Vixen, um, he doesn't he doesn't acknowledge that she looks just like Super Angel at all. Uh, they both fall for each other. But then when and then when Henry Sledge shows up, nobody recognizes the guy that killed her and beat him up. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, no one recognizes him at all. I like this. The the scene lasts forever because well, he's sitting he's sitting in the car just smiling, and like ten times they come up and ask him stuff, and each time you're expecting, wait, I know you, and it never happens. Well, in their defense, he wasn't in his cop uniform. It uh, it's, it takes <laughs> it takes forever for them to establish nothing. 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 You keep waiting for that reveal. There's no reveal. No. They become great friends. Like they go into the hotel. He say, "Hey, you gonna come out today, Harry?" Let's go, f- <clears throat> let's go fishing. Yeah. And, and then he next takes thing him out you know, fishing. then then next thing you know, he uh, he uh, nails Super Vixen Spread Eagle in the middle of the desert and throws dynamite sticks of dynamite at uh, Clint uh, uh, un- until until there's an accident. Yeah, and then he uh, ties her down. I just uh, said that. We said he had sex with her in the desert. No, I said he tied her down, spread eagle in the desert. Oh, I miss I misheard you. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. And then he puts a stick of dynamite between her legs. Is it going to um, be the biggest and last bang you ever have? Yeah, promptly tells her to make sure she keeps her head down or it'll blow off. Yeah. <laughs> and then tells... Uh, that, was, that was great, too. What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. Make sure you keep your head down or you're going to blow your face clean off. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. Then uh, Clint Clint Ramsey, uh, he tries to get to her. To, and you know what's funny? Uh, uh, like a cartoon, the 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 wick for this dynamite stick, the line is like it's got to be twenty feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if he wanted to really get it done, he would have made it like a foot long or six inches. But no, he wanted to wanted to be dramatic. He wanted it to uh, to drag out. So he, he made it really long. Then he lights it. So Clint is trying to get to her. And as he's trying to get to her, he's shooting at him. Shoots him in the leg. Shoots him in the chest. Then when the dynamite is almost there and he almost gets to it, he throws a knife right at his leg. Right into his leg. And then uh, gets down there. He's like, that's fine. I'll do it myself. Gets down there. Grabs the dynamite. Well, first he knocks out Clint. Takes him, drags him over to her, and puts her, him right between her legs, and then puts the dynamite between his ass cheeks. <laughs> uh, now, th- then the dynamite it goes all the way down to the dynamite does not explode. He comes over, annoyed, basically saying, "Polak dynamite, I'll never buy that shit again." <laughs> takes it back to his bag oh, of the, tricks. Oh, oh the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Takes it back to his bag of tricks to get something different to kill them with, but then explodes anyway. <laughs> and then that's the end of uh, old Harry. Right, right after, right, right after a, a, a roadrunner. <laughs> Basically, uh, uh, I mean, they, also, they escape. I also want to point out too that um, if you take the metaphors, the sexual metaphors going throughout the film, yeah. you also have um, uh, Harry. Uh, who's impotent? Um, his weapon, his choice of weapon is the dynamite, which kind of the explosions kind of representative of the orgasms he cannot have. You're going that deep, huh? Yeah. Yep. And then the uh, the act of putting the uh, stick of dynamite between the butt cheeks of the man, uh, maybe a little dubiousness going on there. I mean, another layer of that. You know what? There's really no way to debate why that's not true. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have it. And you know that's the well that's the thing about film theory. You know, sometimes you can read into stuff whether or not it was intended. It may have a deeper meaning than even the artist knew. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm gonna let you have it anyway. I bet you Scorsese would agree with me. <laughs> he probably um, uh, preserved this film so it would never be lost. Oh sure, definitely. Because he was he's he's been a very big reason why a lot of films are preserved and restored and not lost. Because we've lost quite a few films through the years. Oh, a lot. Um, so he is a big reason why a lot of them, uh, the way things are done now about preserving film and uh, making sure that they don't get lost or destroyed, a lot of that is directly Scorsese's, uh, you know, he, his doing. So when he makes a comment about Marvel not being cinema and popcorn film, theme ride, action ride, whatever you want to call it, theme park. He's not totally wrong. Uh-huh. He's not totally right either, but he's not totally wrong. I, honestly, I think it was blown up 
more than it realistically should have been. He said, he didn't say that they're bad films. He just said that, you know, they're not like cinema. Yeah. You know, but the, and again, this is the guy who couldn't understand why Travis Bickle was seen, uh, was uh, like people empathize with the character. So maybe, maybe he's got a little layer of removal from, from uh, the common man. It's a little bit. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, Super Vixens. Super Vixens. If, if you like Super boobs. fucking long, too. Hour and 46 minutes? Yeah, that's the way too long. What the fuck is that? That is way too long like, for a skin for, flick. What the fuck? Yeah. I really, this movie should have been an hour and 20 minutes at best. Yeah. But I hour mean, and ba- 46. Fuck. It's a long ass movie. Yeah, if you like boobs and you don't have access to like a, you know, a smartphone. Uh, <laughs> you can watch the whole thing movie. on YouTube. <laughs> you can, because when I went to go grab the trailer for the opening uh, of tonight's show, uh, the entire film is is on YouTube. <laughs> That's great, and it's 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 the same quality, uh, possibly even a little better than what I actually have, the DVD uh, that I have. So, yeah, it's pretty 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 shitty. What, what what's the rating on IMDb right now? Um, it is. It's a solid six. It's kind of um, high. I, I mean, don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's, it's pretty what? high. I mean, that's pretty high, I think. I think a five would be more appropriate. I, I kind of lean with you towards that. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, it's great. It's got tits and, you know, it, but... There, there's it, a certain kind of genius to it, but I don't know if it's the kind of genius you actually want to encourage. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe five is 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 like right down the middle for this. Uh, um, I think I think five, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't go lower than that. I I, 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 I enjoyed either. the film. I mean, yeah, for a low budget film, you know, he got a lot of bang for his buck. Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, the biggest bang, last bang you'll ever have. He wrote his own autobiography. <laughs> It's three volumes long, and it has like two thousand photos in it. Oh my god! And and it's uh, a three three book three volume hardcover set, uh, two hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! It's, it's get... not it's not available in any other format. Is it uh, is it out of print or? No, Amazon had it for sale. No kidding. Yeah. How uh, how big are these books? Um, it's got two thousand pages. I imagine well, there are a few hundred no, no, pages. No. More than two thousand. I mean, photos. the two thousand photo. I'm sorry. Some of, some of them be smaller. You know, I mean, it's not. But even so, it, it's three volumes. Yeah, they're they're big books, but they're not. They're they're like coffee table books almost. Not that big, but close to it. Wow. How long ago was that uh, made? Uh, well, he died in two thousand and four, I believe, or something around there. So right. before that. Shit. I wonder if I can get that from my local library. Take a look. Let me know. I'm gonna, uh, I am going to look. So, so uh, what do you have in store for me, sir? So, so looking at the year 1975, I, here, as everybody knows, my favorite website is The Numbers. And I look at all the films in 1975, and we're, I think we're going to be in 75 for a little while. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. So we are not moving out of 1975. We are staying in 1975. So there is uh, there's a few films that I can challenge you to, and I I I, I think I gotta go see. Oh man, we've already done a futuristic film, Death Race 2000, mm-hmm. and there's at least well, three let's not more. Get crazy, I wouldn't go. Well, that's true. I mean, it is set in the future. Besides the hand grenade, I'm not sure what was actually futuristic about that. But there are at least three more films that have a futuristic uh, scenario in 1975 that uh-huh. I can challenge you to. The film I am challenging you to is one of those movies. Uh-oh. Sci-fi from 75. I don't have anything open to look cheat. Uh, so this is all... I want. Uh, give me a hint. This is one of those films that was 
made in 1975, but didn't get an actual release until 1976. Uh-huh. Um, so it counts as a 75, so I'm going to challenge it to you. Now, you said it's a sci-fi film, correct? Well, it's it's post-apocalyptic. Now, we had this conversation, and it's not a boy and his dog. Uh, oh, although I don't know if I'm ready. Did for that, that come out in '75? I don't remember. I, I just know I don't think I'm ready for that. Uh, well, I mean, okay. whenever we get to that year, it, it, someone is. I, I mean, I know. Boy and his dog. Oh yeah, Boy and his dog is 1975. So fully expect that to. We're gonna review that fucking. Movie. All right. All right. All, All right. right. But it is not a boy and his dog. Okay. Um. Even if I told you who starred in it, both major actors, I don't think you would get it. It is a very little-known film. Try me. Okay. Max von Sydow is in it. It's not the black hole. It is not the black hole. And Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. It's post-apocalyptic. Future world. No. (laughs) I can read you the synopsis. Read me the synopsis. Okay. Oh, all right. Are you going to type in my ear now? And I said read it. No, type it. What? I'm bringing it up. Uh-huh. Virus Holocaust is not the only plague that threatens our future. New York City, 2012 AD. <laughs> 2012. Uh, in a plague-devastated world, one tired man finds a reason to fight. Yul Brenner, Max von Sydow... Joanna Miles. I don't reckon. I no idea. What is this? The film is called The Ultimate Warrior. A film of the future. Ultimate Warrior, eh? Yeah. I very vividly remember this being... Uh, <laughs> I have it. You have it? I have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let me check the old uh, uh, Scott Flicks. Oh, there it is. Um, I very vividly remember this being on Cinemax. Uh, Cinemax would always, and I don't know if they still do because I don't have Cinemax anymore. But back in the day, Cinemax would say, showing over 200 movies this month. Cinemax was just very much, we show movies. Right. Whereas HBO and Showtime was, we show movies, but we show TV shows, we show our own produced movies, we show you know after school specials. Whereas Cinemax is, we're going to show as many fucking movies as we can fit in a day. If there's 24, hour, uh, 24 hours in a day, we're going to try and show at least 10 to 12 movies in that day. That's basically how, how Cinemax ran. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember one month when they had you know over 200 movies this month. And I remember them saying, and watch The Ultimate Warrior with Yul Brenner. And at the time, when, this, when I very first saw it, there was a WWF uh, wrestler called The Ultimate Warrior. Ah. And I was like, oh, let me see, Ultimate Warrior. And it was like, oh, okay, it's not a wrestling movie. It's a it's a movie from the 70s. But I very vividly remember watching that film and their first encounter, if I'm not mistaken, because I haven't seen it in a long time, uh, with Yul Brenner is him like standing straight up on a rock, like staring out into the distance. <laughs> and they're trying to talk to him. Sir... Will you help us, or uh, you know, it's like, what is your name, or some shit like that? And he's just staring out into space, into the distance. And finally, he uh, decides there's something, an altercation, or something that happens, and he decides to help them, and is uh, embroiled into their lives. <laughs> hmm. But I very vividly remember, and it'll be interesting to rewatch this to see if that scene is is how I remember it. But I'm pretty sure his first in- their encounter with him is just him standing on a rock. I'll we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Well, this sounds interesting, definitely. Yes. Especially since it involves uh, two gangs, one red bu- led by Baron, the other by Carrot. <laughs> Who, am I going to vote for? Am I going to root for Baron, or am I going to be Team Carrot? <laughs> Find out next week. Yeah, definitely. All right, you want to wrap this up? Uh, let's wrap this shit up. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. 
All right, everybody. As always, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Episode 310 of Movie Sucktastic. Uh, please go to our website at moviesucktastic.com where you can download the show, listen to the show, or watch the show live every week while it streams on YouTube. Come hang out with us while we review a shitty film for your listening pleasure. Oh, by the way, Ultimate Warrior is is uh, 5.7 on IMDb. It's actually lower than Super Vixens is. Jesus Christ. On, yeah, that's, you know what? It might, well, it actually came out, see if how it says it came out in the U.S. in 1976, June. Uh-huh. But it was made in 75, and it actually premiered theatrically uh, else, everywhere else but the U.S. in 1975. So okay. It, it didn't hit the theaters until 76 in the U.S., but uh, I always go by the production year when I challenge stuff, now that we have this new format anyway. So anyway, uh, go to go to iTunes. You can download or listen to the show there as well. Go to Facebook.com slash MovieSucktastic. And everything we post there from movie times to when we start to trailers to anything else that fancies us goes there. You can go to our Tumblr page at MovieSucktastic.com. You can also call us, leave us a voicemail at 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you do either of those things, we will read or we will play your audio on the show. You can also download the 100% free Android app for your Android device of your choice. Everything I said is in the app. It's 100% free. We highly, highly recommend it. Uh, and that's all I got. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Can't make a thoroughbred out of a jackass. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, Bye-bye. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bye. It's happening, whether you like it or not. Huh? What? Yeah, exactly. Bye-bye. Bye.